0: wellness radio i'm your host ted and today coach cody and i are joined by austin nettlecoff austin is head coach and owner of kilo two in iowa city we talk a lot about you know all the the difficulties that it comes to running and, and operating a, a business and a gym and austin also competed in the crossfit open this year where he advanced to uh, quarterfinals and now advanced to semifinals so, that's, uh, that's a pretty big deal for anybody who is uh, familiar with training and competing in the CrossFit space. And obviously, you know, it takes a lot of passion and a lot of work to succeed in, in both running a gym successfully and competing in the sport of CrossFit, also. And so, today in our warm up waves, we will talk a little bit about passion. And this is a quote from Dr. Hatfield. Um, Dr. Fred Hatfield. You know, it was a major influence on the strength and training, or sorry, strength and conditioning community. Um, at the age of 45, he squatted over a thousand pounds, and um, this is just a quote of his about passion. It's not the commitment to excellence, rather it's utter disdain for anything less. It's not endless hours of practice; it's perfect practice. It's not the ability to cope. It's the domination of every situation in life. It's not setting goals. Goals too often prescribe performance limits. And it's not doing what it takes to win. It's doing what no one has ever done before or will ever do again. One quick plug before we get this show started here with Austin. If you guys haven't heard, uh, we at Practical Wellness are running the Iowa City Weightlifting Summit that is taking place on August 15th at Big Grove Brewery. If you're in the Iowa City area or close at all, and you want to take advantage of learning a little bit more about weightlifting, um, we even planning um, we're planning a mock meet for that day, and it should be it should be a great time with lifting heavy barbells, learning more about skill and weightlifting and having a couple beers. So head on over to the website, practicalwellnesscoach.com. There you can get signed up for the newsletter, and we will be sending out more info soon on the Iowa City Weightlifting Summit. All right, we'd now like to welcome in to Practical Wellness Radio head coach and owner of CrossFit Kilo 2, Austin Nettelkoff. Austin, thanks so much for jumping on with us.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: Um so we just kind of let's hit the ground running man. Um as we said you're your head coach and owner of of CrossFit Kilo 2. Um for those that might not know uh Kilo and Kilo 2 have a pretty big following and and have had a lot of success in the CrossFit gym space and and other spaces also, but let's just kind of start from here. How did you originally get into fitness? What's a quick fitness background? How would you get into CrossFit? And we'll we'll take it from there.
1: So I've Grew up playing a lot of sports, and um, naturally being in good shape was important with being successful within the sports. You know that I played. Uh, grew up playing basketball mainly, and um, played a lot of golf. Played football in high school, um, and so it was always fun to train for those sports. And then once I got into college, you know, I, I played college golf at U and I for a little while, and. Uh, Throughout my time as a, as a college athlete, you know, our, our golf team, we were kind of forced into training for our sport. Most of, the, most of my teammates didn't really enjoy it because they felt like it wasn't very important. And I always felt like it, it was um, because, you know, back in the day, people thought of you know golf as like this marathon, right? It's a four and a half hour, five hour event. And so that's how my teammates thought of it. And then it's like, well, hold on here. We're actually trying to swing a club really, really fast, trying to be explosive, create a lot of power. And so being strong and explosive was, was very important. So, you know, when we had to go in at 6 a.m. for our workouts, you know, golf workouts, it wasn't that that glamorous. You know, we were working with the grad assistants, of course. Obviously, the, the head coaches, um, uh, Jed Smith and those guys, they were mainly focusing with the football team.
2: Jeff Smith was, um, is a, a high level weightlifting coach. I actually got my USAW from him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He does a lot of work okay. with USAW or I know he does a lot of the seminars and stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I took one of his seminars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, he's coached a lot of Olympic, um, lifters and, um, I'm, uh, I mean, he's really, really good at what he does, but yeah, you know, being you and I strength coach, uh, we were pretty lucky to have him as a strength coach and, you know, he, he would relay information to the grad assistants to tell us as golfers, hey, that, you know, doing power cleans, doing, you know, power snatches and, you know, back squatting stuff like that is all very important. And I took it to heart. And, um, you know, on top of that, I also like to do my own training. Obviously at the time, you know, in college, it was, it was just for looks, you know, so I was just trying to do a bunch more sit-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. And then um, towards my end, right, right when I was about to graduate college, I was just flirting through YouTube, came across Rich Froning, and so that's oh. how I was introduced to CrossFit back in what? like 2010. What is this? Okay, all right, yeah. And um, so you obviously saw saw his stuff, saw Graham Holmberg win the games in 2010, and just started YouTube and a little bit of it. And I'm like, wow, this stuff's pretty cool. It's like an all inclusive strength and conditioning sport, and that's when I started to get into it. And then I, I uh, at the time then, I was working as a server at Texas Roadhouse, and one of the servers that I worked with was a member at CrossFit Kilo. Mm-hmm. Her name was Jordan Weicker. She's a really good Olympic lifter. She was actually number two in the nation for her weight class for a little while. And um, and she's like, hey, you should try out CrossFit Kilo. They're a local gym. You know, they're just getting back from the games. And I'm like, wow, this all sounds so cool. I was still so, you know, young with everything with, with CrossFit. I had been doing it a little bit on my own, but – wasn't really introduced to a box at that point sure and uh the rest is history I found found kilo and and just kind of dove in head first with Armin and all those guys
2: yeah I want to get into that but I want to backtrack you if I could did you see like a big change in your performance as it related you know to being a golfer after you started lifting weights can you say that again Cody did you see like a big performance increase when you started? lifting weights when you were kind of focusing on golf as your primary sport at and I.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I was lucky, you know, in high school, we had a fairly good strength and conditioning program. Um, but there was definitely an increase in performance with, with golf. That was your question, right? Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I had had experience with, with some Olympic lift variations. Squatting was obviously big. Bench pressing, different exercise like that, um, but with my golf game, I mean, I immediately noticed I was driving the ball further off the tee. I mean, that was that was obvious. I felt so much more powerful with the driver in my hands. Um, just the speed that I was able to increase my club, like my, my club head speed, was super noticeable and. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I wasn't ever the furthest hitter, but I mean, I can put it out there still out, you know, beyond 300 yards. And I mean, for most people, that's that's pretty good. A lot of people would die to to hit the ball 300 yards off the tee. Um, some people just have natural gifts and you know, a lot of people can create power with the golf club in a lot of different ways. Some people are super flexible and have a huge swing arc. Some people who are a little bit more stout, you know, just can use their body in a great way to create a lot of power. But I mean, I just had to rely on my athleticism because. I mean, I don't carry a ton of weight. So for me to create a lot of club head speed, I needed to be, I needed to be fast and use the muscles that I knew were were strong and explosive. I mean, I have pretty good hips and stuff. So, um, but yeah, obviously all the lifts, you know, that we did certainly helped with that.
2: And I even think like, so I, I'm, I'm not a golfer. Let's make sure that's clear. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But, uh. You know, I feel like golfers are kind of the last people as it relates to a sport to get into the weight room, to think about some of this stuff. And golfers, a lot of times, especially older populations, and I think we could probably maybe make the assumption that there's a lot of back pain that's associated just based off of the rotation, right. Of the sport. Yeah, um, certainly. Do you, do you work or have you worked with golfers since, um, being a golfer yourself, do you try to push that when you see them, when you're out on the course, or are you trying to pitch them a little bit? Uh, does that ever happen?
1: You know, Cody, I don't I don't golf very much myself anymore. Um, I mean you can say there's a little burnout throughout college and everything, but um, you know, I'll play every once in a while. But what I did do is I went and got certified through the Tyless Performance Institute. And so um I'm a certified fitness coach through through TPI. Awesome. And um they are really leading the way with getting more golfers. Um, introduced to strength and conditioning. And so you, you definitely see it now at the professional level um, where more and more guys are, you know, finding a strength coach and they're trying to improve their their athleticism and their, their club head speed, their power, all that stuff, uh, because it matters, especially, you know, on the fourth day, you know, of a big tournament. I mean, right. fourth day of a, you know, of a golf tournament, you're run down a little bit more than you think. I mean, you spent the last three days grinding. It's a mental grind. So, you know, being a little bit better conditioned, does help, but but yeah, Cody, I do um, I do help a real small number of people. You know, I've had uh, I think over the course of my time here coaching at too too, about six clients specifically for golf.
2: Yeah, and that's um,
1: and so you know, which which is awesome. You know, most of, uh, most of my clients are um, folks that just need help with with staying fit to play, not necessarily to perform better, but sure. You know, we're talking folks, you know, who are in their upper 60s, low 70s. And they're like, hey, you know, I want to play for, you know, I want to play till I die. And I'm yeah. like, all right, well, then let's make sure you're staying fit to swing the club. And that's, you know, the main priority. And then if they come back and tell me, hey, Austin, you know, I'm hitting the ball 10 yards farther this year after a winter of strength conditioning. I mean, that's like huge for me. It's like, wow, that's great, man. You know, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's fun because, you know, they're definitely a different style of athlete versus, you know, know, training a competitive CrossFitter or, you know, somebody in high school getting ready for volleyball or football or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking, go ahead, Ted.
0: No, that's great. I I would love to turn this into a golf podcast. I don't know if Cody wants (laughs) to really do that. (laughs) I'm going to run out of questions (laughs) real quick. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a guy who loves golf. I'm a guy who needs to get better at golf. I'm kind of still in that honeymoon phase. I got into golf later in my life, you know. And um, it was kind of after... After a, it sounds like my timeline was really similar to yours as far as when I got into fitness and CrossFit. Also, that 2010, I remember watching Graham Holmberg, you know, beat Rich Froning that same year. I was like, "What is this stuff?" But I'm also glad that you brought up the TPI stuff because that was kind of on my list here. I wanted to ask you about very, very intriguing thing. And I think if if there's anybody out there that wants to, I mean those that know golf, if you, if you know of Bryson DeChambeau, you know that you can still put length on, I think so many golfers out there are just like, well, this is how far I hit it. This is how long I can hit it. That's who I am. Right. But I don't think you should, you know, put yourself in that box. You have ability to kind of put some length still on, you know, off the tee. So that's, that's great. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So what did that, um, transition look like after you, you got into CrossFit, you got into CrossFit Kilo up there in, uh, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, um, when did you kind of take on that that coaching aspect of it? And when did you kind of move up the ranks and, and eventually kind of become a, a head coach and owner of CrossFit Kilo too?
1: So, uh, before I found CrossFit Kilo, I had always I've always enjoyed coaching. Um, I had at the time I was a sophomore basketball coach for Cedar Falls High School, and I was also a, a seventh grade football coach, and so coaching wasn't new to me at that point, um, CrossFit was. So when I started at CrossFit Kilo, what that looked like for me was I was just the new guy on the block learning the ropes of all these different, you know, skills and different variations of lifts and, and I was being introduced to a lot. And, you know, um, the, the coaching staff up there, Kilo was, you know, top notch, you know, Armin does a fantastic job up there. So I learned a lot from him. Um, and then, you know, it just, there just became more of a deeper passion for it. And um, Armin and I had always had a, had a pretty good relationship up there as like, you know, coach and client, and then eventually became teammates. Um, and then, you know, I just said to him, hey, dude, one day, if you're ever looking to expand your business, you know, I would, I would be happy to, you know, to jump in and, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, spread, you know, what, what we do. Yeah. And just kind of spread the brand. Um, and he was all for it, you know. Uh, and then, you know, in 2016, we made it happen. Had our, uh, had the gym baby CrossFit Kilo too. So that's <laughs> what that...
2: You, were you in Cedar Falls before that or had you been um, elsewhere?
1: I was. I was. So, yeah, I was in Cedar Falls for, uh, for a good amount of time. Well, I guess not, not a really long time, but for about three years. And then I uh, moved away with, at the time was uh, just my girlfriend. We're married now, my wife Meredith at the time had a job offer in the Quad Cities. It was her first Mm -hmm. job out of college. And I was like, you know, I mean, I kind of see the writing on the wall. I'm not gonna be a a professional athlete with CrossFit or anything like that. So, you know, I'm gonna make the move with you. We moved down to Davenport, Iowa, which was my hometown growing up and so uh, we, we moved down there for a year. Um, it, was, it was great. You know, I, I trained at uh, CrossFit Bettendorf. I was coaching at, at a, another gym in town called 1031 Fitness and uh, did some training there too. Obviously, both great communities. And, um, and then, you know, we found our way up in Iowa City once Meredith had applied for another job at the University of Iowa Hospital here in town. And then so then when I knew I was moving to Iowa City, I was like, well, know what if i wanted to do my own thing and that's when armin and i just kind of re-met about that business venture and and then uh and then then it happened so yeah what I kind of out. steps
0: what kind of steps did you take in that initial process so you said armin and you had a couple sit-down conversations and you knew you are gonna or i mean maybe you didn't know or whatever where's was there any like build up to it like hey you know, yeah if you do this if you do this because i imagine and and you're probably the same way austin you know if you're going to put your name out there and somebody's going to open a gym under the same name that, you know, you've invested a lot of time in there, there can't help, but be a little hesitancy because you're so proud of your product and proud of what you've been able to build. So what did that conversation look like? And what, what hurdles did you have to, you know, jump over to get to this point now?
1: There was a lot of investigating with, you know, the business startup. Obviously I had to do my homework and take a lot of guidance under Armin, but Um, I, Armin and I's conversation were pretty, pretty short and sweet. He, he made everything seem a lot simpler than what I felt like they were going to be and what they actually were. And I think it was like that because he wanted me not to worry so much about, you know, all the bad things that could happen. Instead, you just take one day at a time, move forward and, you know, you're going to learn things as you go. And and that's kind of how it went. Um, you know, the, he he told me, hey, find a space. And, you know, I started looking around to Iowa City and I'm like, hey, you know what? There's not you know, there's not a whole lot near the downtown area. So maybe that's a good spot. There's a lot of traffic. You know, I think word will spread quick. And um, and then, you know, it's just crossing one bridge at a time. But the main thing, you know, that I can thank Armin for is is just helping me get over the fear of, a failure perhaps and just pushing forward one day at a time and not getting ahead of myself and uh you know a lot of good lessons were learned from him
0: yeah that's great I, and and i was kind of there i have a similar story too and and you might not know austin i've told i think a little bit on the podcast before but um you know so i was a general manager of a crossfit gym previous owner was in his mid-60s very just kind of meh about it, right? He had another full time job, was not investing any financial time into it, any time time into it, and so I just kind of approached him. I was like, "Hey, I you know I love this place. I'd like for it to grow a little bit more. I'd love to love to just be a part of of that conversation and how we can grow it more, right?" Yeah. He said, and he said back to me, "Well, have you ever thought about owning it?" And I was like, "Well, maybe in pipe dreams, but that's about it." And so that kind of started the the whole thing for me. And, and, and you're right. It is, it is a, there's a lot of ways to make it, um, a lot harder than it can be, but when it comes down to it, you know, it's day by day, just like you said, and it's just being able to be there for your clientele, being there for your staff. I mean, that's the number one thing that you can do. Right. And so sounds like, you know, it wasn't a super crazy transition, although I know it really probably was right. I think, yeah, it it, it certainly was. Looking back, it's always easy to kind of downplay it, but I know that you probably put a lot of work into it at the time. What, yeah. um, tell me a little bit briefly on you know what it, what it looked like in in the first stages, and I know it's always a continuing thing about um, growing your staff and developing your staff. I think there's probably a number of coaches that maybe listen to this, and what you know what does that look like as far as getting good people on the floor to represent your gym, much like you know you kind of came through the ranks also.
1: So one one of the things that I learned from Armin was, you know, he he said if you can grow within, try it. Try to do that as much as you can. And uh, I'm a I'm a big believer in that because um, if you get to know your clientele really well, like I do, I mean, I know every single one of my members. And um, as you see, a lot of people develop, you know, a passion that you can relate to. Because both of you have have coached in the business, and and when you see certain people show the love for for what's going on in, inside the gym, um, you just you just kind of put the ball in their court and let them dribble around for a little while with the idea. And and if they if they come back saying, yeah, you know, coaching is something on that I'm interested in, it's like okay, you know, I this is somebody that I know can get better as a coach. This is somebody that wants to do it. This is somebody the other members already know. Um, and they love what they do first and foremost. Um, so that that's definitely number the number one thing on my list is when hiring, coaching, and developing is trying to do it from within. I yeah, like there's
2: that. that trust already there, right? You know, when you hire from within and then, you know, it sounds like you're giving them that opportunity and even room to grow, right? And it has to be their choice. yeah ultimately as well. And then that's going to create a a much better coach, a much more engaged coach, um, a much more articulate and skilled coach. Ultimately,
1: there's, there's, I mean, since I've opened the gym here, I mean, there's definitely been some people that I've, that I know would have been great coaches, but they just didn't think it was for them. And, uh, you know, they just told me straight up, yeah, you know, I don't really want to do this right now. I only have, you know, an hour or two day aside from all the other stuff I have going on. And I want that time for me to, to train and um, which is super respectable. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another thing too, is, you know, when, when you have relationships with, with your people, they'll, they'll be honest with you and they'll tell you right up front, Hey, you know, I don't know if I can swing it, you know, as a coach and as a client or as yes. an athlete, both, and you know, be able to yes. give it a hundred percent.
0: That's true. I like that. You know, I've kind of had, again, similar conversations and and something that I always like to bring up, and I'm sure you probably do this in, in those conversations is, you know, something that it's important to remember, maybe not in the initial kind of conversation, but when you're having these conversations with maybe a potential coach, who's already a member and grown within. And I love that too, is, Hey, when you become a coach, you are always kind of a coach, right? It's, it's, you, you miss out a little bit on the opportunity and the the pleasure it is to just show up and leave, right? When yeah. you're a coach, even even when you're jumping in classes, you're no longer really a member, right? You're still representing Austin. You're still representing Kilo Two. What uh, what does that conversation look look like? And maybe maybe as you kind of talk us through that, is there a handful of like traits that you're really looking for in maybe somebody to grow as a member into a coach? You know, just just two or three traits that you know are attractive to you as a as an owner and head coach
1: yeah well uh so going off traits obviously the first thing i look for um is their their consistency with their own training if somebody is showing up to the gym consistently and and shows that they love what they're doing here that's that's the first thing is that they they want to do this for the long haul and they they really enjoy health and wellness and they're demonstrating you know the things that i find to be very important besides just the exercise, good habits with nutrition, good habits with, you know, just with their lifestyle. Um, so that's, that's the first trait. The second, second thing that I like to look for obviously is a little, is ability. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I want, I want my coaching staff to be able to do the vast majority of things that we're trying to teach people. And, and if I, uh, if I have a coach that, that doesn't know how to, uh, you know, squat properly, or doesn't want to learn how to squat properly, then that's that's an issue. Um, so, ability is definitely something I look for. Um, with that, usually that person's going to have a lot of experience with with uh, the fitness, you know, and so that's good. It's like, all right, they've been doing this for a while. They probably know how to correct some things. For themselves, that gives them a, a better chance to help other people correct some things too. So,
2: they have that base um, level those are a couple. understanding, right? In that process, yeah,
1: exactly. Just the general understanding, like you know, just being knowledgeable of what you're doing. I mean, I know you guys both know this, but you probably have had some members for for a long time who who still look at the whiteboard and they'll look at TTB. And not know that it means toes to bar, you know. You can't have that when you're hiring somebody. So, um, obviously, knowledge is is a big key factor too. But those conversations, you know, are are pretty simple. Um, it, it's it's as simple as, hey, listen, you're going to be representing, you know, the brand. You're going to be building relationships with with people. You're going to be, you know, portraying this image of a coach now. So that that means you're a reflection of the business are you are you willing to do that are you willing to to when you're in the gym be be a good person be polite to everybody even if some people are coming off as you know jerks perhaps like hey you got to bite your tongue and you got to got to be the bigger person you know and those are easy conversations people either want that responsibility or not and if they don't want it it's it's a simple choice of okay you're not cut out for this
0: mhm That's great. How, how would you handle, um, how would you handle, you know, there's multiple options and multiple scenarios here that we could dive into, but, you know, say, say you do have, uh, let's say you do have maybe a member who has shown interest in coaching and wants to be a part of your team. And they have maybe, let's say two out of three of those traits that are ideal, to make them an ideal coach, but let's say they're maybe lacking in that, the even people skills, right? Mm-hmm. Is that something that you have tried to develop and succeeded or failed or, you know, tell me, and that's just an example, like people skills, or maybe even we can use the other option of, of maybe not a super skilled mover yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have, I have failed. Um, there have been some, uh, members of mine that, You know, I thought, hey, you know, with some help, I think that you can become a good coach. Is this something that you would want to do? And um, their first answer is is yes. And um, so it's like, okay, we'll go through like a coach's training where I'll meet with them once to twice a week, and I'll just put them in some situations where, like, okay, here you need to teach this, or you need to help somebody get signed up for a membership, Um, and if they are displaying, you know, you know, uh, struggles after struggle after struggle. It's like, Hey, you know, this is, this is how you're going to do these the progressions. This is how you go about doing this. Um, if there's constant struggles with I just, Hey, you know what, this just doesn't seem fitting for you right now. We can maybe revisit this down the road, but I try to be honest with them if I don't feel like it's going to work. Otherwise it's just a lot, a lot more time for me trying to help somebody become something. That at the end of the day, may not pay them the money they're looking for with how much more training is needed.
2: Do you struggle with some of those like tough conversations? Um, I know like when I owned a gym in the past, we had, you know, a coach specifically that just wasn't working out. And I'll be honest, I kind of like avoided it, you know, I was like, or I'd like kind of be soft handed, you know, and maybe not be as direct as I needed to be. Do you find that to be a challenge or do you feel like that kind of comes naturally to you?
1: It comes naturally to me. For everybody that's younger than I am, anyone that that's on my staff that's that's older than me for some reason, I struggle with it mightily. And uh, so you can talk to Katie Dennison about this, but she is kind of like a big sister to me in a way, where like I, I she's as, she's as old as my sister is, okay. And so it's hard for me to be. Like an af- like an authority figure to somebody like that, um, that's certainly a struggle of mine. I've gotten better at it, but it is hard to tell somebody older than me the brutal truth of something, for example. Like, no, I,
0: I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I, I, ran, into, <laughs> I ran into again the same, like, such a similar c- scenario. Um, you know, I took over the gym. the gym had pre-existing coaching staff, and there was a, there was a coach who was older than me and more experienced than me, but not what I felt was a adequate coach at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to sit down with somebody like that, when I'm first starting out and first running a business, I was so nervous. I was like, I just got to do it and say it and cut and run. And, but I, I don't know, I consider myself a somewhat compassionate dude too. And it, it's, it's not easy. So I think so many times people think about gym ownership or coaching and they're like, Oh man, it'd be so great to be a coach and you can work out whenever you want and you can have the gym to yourself and you can do all these things, but it's still, it's still a profession just like any other profession. And there are,
1: there are hard things that come
0: with work, right? It's still work.
1: Yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's a business, you know, and I, sometimes I forget that, you know, in an environment like this, um, as much fun as we have with our jobs and as much, uh, is how close we are with each other. It's it's hard to tell somebody, hey, you know, you you got to get this done. It's on the list of things to do. Um, so sometimes, you know, you've got to be blunt about it when you don't want to be. But again, it's part of the business and uh, just has to be done sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a relationship business. Being a coach, being a gym owner, it's about relationships and you build these strong bonds, especially with people that have been around for a long time. And that doesn't mean people are immune from like slipping up or, you know, making bad choices and even like progressing in a way that's different from where you're progressing. And you got to, yeah, have that conversation with them like, Hey, like this isn't working anymore. Right. right? And that's tough. That's really tough. Um, I so, want to talk about if we can, unless you got something else, Ted.
0: Oh yeah. I guess before we kind of transition here, one more okay. thing, uh, you know, you've been coached sounds like for, you know, better part of a decade now that's kind of right where Cody and I are timeline also. And what, um, before we transition away from maybe the coaching and ownership process, you know, process and, and profession, what still excites you, Austin? You know when it comes to like owning a gym or standing on the gym floor, coaching a class, like, what are you, what are you looking forward to, you know, tomorrow or next year or two years from now? What's, what's, what's in your back pocket and what, what excites you?
1: Um, I, Am always excited about seeing our our gym improve. Um, it's I get I don't I don't really know how to explain this, but when we first opened, we were this. We opened up in a little tiny paint store, all right. And then it was like, okay, next month I have the goal of removing this office room to make a little bit more space. I have the goal next year of removing this wall to expand the gym, make it a little bit bigger. So constantly improving the gym for our members is always on my mind and whether that means saving up money to help improve our space and or buy more equipment that is all always motivating for me. And then um, the obvious one is seeing my people continue to improve. Um, I'm lucky and unlucky to be in such a transient position in Iowa City Uh, We get a lot of college student turnover. So, you know, one semester I have a big group of college kids, and then, you know, in about five days they're all going to be finishing up finals, and 50 of them are moving home for the summer or just going and finding their first job. And so the next year I'll get a new wave of college kids in. So, you know, what that looks like for me is I get get a whole new crop of kids to try to improve, you know, teach this CrossFit thing to them, teach them some, wellness habits that are important as they're, you know, moving to their young adulthood and, uh, and the, everyone that's leaving me, hopefully I left a, a positive impact. So, you know, it's motivating for me to, to, um, set good examples. And when people leave this place, they'll, they will take with them a lot and remember, you know, what they learned at Kilo Two.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. It's that longevity based mindset. You know, you know, that maybe some of these people aren't going to be there that long, but what can they take with them? You know, right. when they're gone, I think that's powerful. Um, but I do want to transition and I know that you had mentioned earlier, it's challenging to, you know, put energy into, you know, being a coach and in your case, being an owner and a coach, but also maybe even keeping up with your, your fitness. And I know that you've done really well. You're a pretty fit guy. Let's be honest here. Right. And I was looking up, I, you know what, I went to the games website today and I was like, let me see some dates here and correct me if I'm wrong. But you've been to regionals three times. Yep. And is that individual or a team?
1: That was all three of those were on a team.
2: On a team, and then yep. you went to the games once as a team. Then. Yep. In 2015.
1: Yep. 2015 uh, was my first games experience, and I competed with uh, Armin and Luke, and then Armin's wife Sarah, and then two other gals that were up a kilo at the time. One stills there, Kate, and uh, I think Megan's still floating around there. She does a lot of work with and travels a lot, but yeah um yeah this year a little different because i went uh went the individual route so yeah
2: so that's where i was headed so and i'm i'm a little lost in the structure i'm not as close as i used to be you made it so you know you had the open this year and then it was quarterfinals is that correct yes and then now it's semifinals, right yeah so basically the
1: structure now is it's a very neat structure um from the open they take you know the top 10 percent of uh of athletes and put them into this quarterfinal scenario and so this year there was about six six to seven thousand guys that were in this quarterfinal scenario for for north america Mm -hmm. and um and then from there the top 120 um athletes in north america advanced to the semifinals, and it's all based on how many people signed up in the open to begin with so europe not as many people signed up as north america so they're going to have about I think it was like 80 people advanced to these semifinals. Yeah. I, I think there's only two over in Europe, whereas North America has four. But the best way I would describe it is semifinals are, are like the old regionals. Uh, there's just not as many of them. So I, I know back in 2018 and prior uh, regionals, there was about, oh I want to say, like seven or eight regions. You know, you had like uh, the North Cal or you had the West Coast, you had South, you had East, you had – the Central, you had the Northeast. I mean, there was a little bit more, but now there's only four four regionals basically. You know, they call them semifinals now. So uh, for me, that was my goal this year was to try to qualify to a semifinal. And, and let me tell you, it was, it took everything I had out of quarterfinals. That was a very, very trying weekend. And um, I mean, I'm looking at the list of names on there and you know, I'm scrolling down and athletes from, you know, one all the way to a thousand I could pick out some names in each one of those, you know, from two hundred to four hundred, from five hundred to six hundred. Yeah, I there is I could pick yeah. out a name of a former games athlete, a former regional athlete, you know, so it was it was pretty stacked with, with and you, when you think about it, it's like that makes sense because you're talking about the entire United States, you're talking about Mexico, and you're talking about Canada. Yeah. So
2: what's it feel like? There's
1: definitely a big pool of athletes there. What's
2: it feel like to I'm assuming this is a pretty big deal for you because you haven't qualified, I guess, to this level as an individual. Does that feel different than like even going to the games as on a team?
1: Yeah, it it does because you know in 2000 and all the way back until uh, as long as I can remember from doing the Open, you know, a big goal was okay, can can you make it to regionals as an individual? And I'll never forget, you know, one of my buddies, Kyle Flickinger, made it to regionals as an individual in 2014.
2: I, I think I it was, went there. To, I saw him. Uh-huh. I went to that regionals to watch. And I remember Yeah, I thought, oh, he compete.
1: he was one of like two or three guys in the whole world to finish that chipper workout. I mean, he beat, I think he beat rich Froning on it. It was a big deal for him and to watch him do that and compete as an individual that definitely lit a fire for guys like me and, and Luke Schaefer. Um, Armin had obviously done it before. Cause he was a games athlete as an individual back in 2011. Um, but uh, you know, in 2015, 16, 17, and 18, I was always on the other side of the fence by like 10 to 15 places. You know, and in those days, the top 30 athletes would make it to the regional as an individual. And at the end of the at the end of the five weeks, I was always sitting at number 34, 35th place, 36th place, you know, year after year. And so to get over that hump was was a big deal for me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of the online setting because I don't know how fast everybody else is going. It's hard right. to, it's hard to be a gamer in that setting, you know, but, um, you know, there's some other thing I put in some extra work this year with, with a lot of weaknesses that I think really helped me get over that hurdle. So it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome to make that cut. I mean, f- you know, from here on out, I have no expectations of what it, my semifinal is going to look like. It's the first time I'm doing it. So yeah,
2: we'll, we'll good see luck. what happens. Good luck. We'll be watching. Yeah.
1: yeah. Good luck to you, man. And as a fan of the sport and a fan of
0: the, you know, the, the methodology, what were some of those weaknesses and what were some things that you did to attack them
1: just briefly? Um, <laughs> so going back to training at CrossFit Kilo two, you know, we have, we had a pretty extreme competitor program and, um, a lot of people can speak on this, but, um, my coach, Armand, um, writes some some gnarly stuff from time to time. And I would do about 95% of it. The one thing that I always neglected was long endurance training. So if anything that involved something on a machine, like a rower or a bike, or if I had to go run, and if it took longer than 10 minutes, I didn't do it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Don't need to. I'll... I'll be good enough without it. And um, after coming up short, I'm like, you know what? All these guys that are really good are doing this stuff and they're they're doing they're making sure that they're they're hitting their their longer endurance training and making themselves more aerobic. And I'm like, you know what? I have to do this as much as I hate it, as much as I hate sitting on a rower for, you know, a 10K, I need to do it. And so I told myself no matter what Armin writes, no matter what gets programmed for long endurance training i'm i'm sucking it up this year and and i can full-heartedly say that it's totally paid off like i've made big improvements this year with it
0: yeah i think the sport reaches kind of a point where you know a guy like you austin you you have the foundations you have the fundamentals you can do toes to bar you can do bar muscle ups you can back squat whatever whatever and that is kind of definitely like the the buzz right now in in this training space is, is zone two training right like being able to just endure for longer periods of time and the, and the return on benefit. I was right there with you. I didn't want to do anything over 12 minutes, but Mm -hmm. now I've kind of gotten to the point where I actually prefer the
1: longer workouts.
0: I either want to do strength work and rest for three minutes in between each set. How old are you,
1: Ted? uh, I'm 34. Okay. Yeah. So I just turned 30 this year and, um, I can attest to that exact same thing. I would prefer workouts to be longer now, yeah. And I'd rather just okay. Let's find out who can just kind of sit in that that zone and just grind for a while versus putting the hammer down for 90 seconds and ripping Fran like that. To me, is like I can do it. Like I have no mm-hmm. issue doing it. But you, you just know how much it hurts. It's a different. Time I don't like going into that that extreme pain cave after doing this sport for 10 years. You know, I'd oh, rather just. When find I'm... out like, all right, work capacity versus sheer intensity, like that's just. Isn't that
2: interesting? Because you like... know
1: exactly how it's going to feel versus the rookie. The rookie's like, oh, I've never done this yeah. workout before. Yeah. I'm going to go as hard as I
0: can. <laughs> then... I remember when we first had access to an assault bike and this is, I was probably 20, let's say 26, right? Uh-huh. We, like once a week, we would do 50 cals for time. Or oh, do like, yeah. Or we do like a 20 <laughs> or a Tabata on the assault bike. The uh-huh. Now, I have one of those in my garage and I've had it for over a year.
2: I've never tested a 50 cal on it. I've never yeah. done a Tabata just because I know how much that yeah. works now, right? You mm-hmm. know, I turned 30 this year as well. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm like, I have no desire. Like for my, you know, run club just the other day, we, we did 400 meter sprints, you know, as a test. I'm like, this is the last, I'd rather go run like a 5k <laughs> yeah. a hard 5k than do this right now. Even though it lasts like a minute or whatever, you know, I just have, right. I just know I've, I've done it too many times now to where I'm like, I'll do it. I'm going to do it but I'm going to say some bad words in my head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? So what's
2: something that you do
0: to balance the two, right? We've talked about you owning the business, being a head coach. We've talked about your, you know, personal goals. It's both of them are full-time jobs, right? They both really, really are. And there are people that are struggling to do just one of those things as a full-time job, right? And you, you see people trying to make it to the games and that's their only goal and they fail. And we see people trying to run a successful gym and that's their only goal and they fail. How are you managing to do both of them successfully?
1: So, you know, the first thing I knew I had to establish was was, uh, a good business and making sure that was always number one. It still is. Even right now, you know, making sure that my classes are running well, making sure that, you know, we're we're doing things by the book in the gym. That will still be number one, even as I finish out this season. But um, knowing, you know, before I opened the gym how close I was to this individual – Level, you know, for for what we're talking about, you know, the semifinal level. I knew it wasn't far off. Um, it mainly came down to to me and uh, my discipline with uh, improving some weaknesses. That's, uh, but that's, you know, that's been the balancing balancing act. Ted is, you know, just having the right discipline um, and and knowing what my priorities are. My priority number one is let's business is first, um, and then. Okay, hey, you know I have this time and and this time to train, and if I don't take advantage of those times, are too bad. You know that's that's on me. So, um, you know, discipline is, is is what's guiding me right now, and uh, I can either make my mind up and and get my training done when I know I have time to do it. Otherwise, it's just gonna have to take the back seat.
2: Do you, are you coaching a lot of four hours still, or are you more, have you given a lot of that responsibility to your coaches? So
1: once I got my invitation, I did pass off a little bit of that responsibility. I still, I still am coaching, you know, four to five hours a day, whether it be for the class or with a one-on-one client. But, um, in comparisons to what I was doing before quarterfinals, it is a little bit less. In fact, this month, you know, one of the things that I'm selfishly doing is I'm not opening the gym this month at all, um, which in the past, I, I usually open the gym almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so 4 a.m. wake up call. Um, and then, you know, getting here by 4.30 to make sure five o'clock class is ready to go. That was something that I that's usually in my daily routine. But now, you know, with knowing how my body can feel with that extra two to three hours of sleep is, is pretty crucial. And I told myself, you know what? If you're going to accept this invitation and represent Kilo Two as an individual and give it your all, you need to you need to give it your all. So that means you need to be eating as clean as you can. You need to be sleeping and recovering as well as you can. Obviously, training hard that's something I know, you know, that's a given. But the other things really do matter if you want to go go perform your best. And I, you guys remember last year when everything got shut down with the quarantine?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. March 17th. Subjects.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So March 17th hit, and then it was like, all right, the gym shut down. Well, I don't have to open the gym tomorrow. I got to sleep in. And I still would come into my gym, obviously, you know, make sure all my utilities were working, waters running, things like that, you know, just basic stuff. But uh, I would still train, too. And it didn't take much more than like a week of my training, and my strength numbers just spiked. And I'm like, what is this from? I'm not doing anything, you know, that crazy. Like me and a couple buddies, you know, we were just doing some, you know, some strength training. But I was starting to tap into some numbers that I had never tapped in before, and I attributed it all to me getting ten to eleven hours <laughs> of sleep. Like I'm sleeping until yeah. nine, going in training at eleven. Like, yeah. and so me remembering that, I'm like, you no, know, I'm gonna feel so much better throughout my training is if I get really good sleep and it's definitely paying off. I feel been feeling good throughout training. So
0: let's get as a coach and, an, you know, a business owner, a CrossFit gym owner, you've earned that sleep, right? So this last year <laughs> that you've been able to sleep in, trust me, like I, I was right there with you. I, I actually really preferred to, to open the gym and coach those early morning classes. There's something to be said about, at ten thirty, you've worked for five hours already, and you can kind of work out, and that's your early launch and you just feel a little bit ahead of schedule of the day. And I always yeah. thought that was kind of a rewarding feeling. So you definitely, is, have, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, one hundred percent, I agree. You know, um, like you said, having having that five to six hours worth of work done when so many other people are just starting their day, I just feel like I'm I'm living my life like to my fullest. You know, I'm getting I'm getting things done. I'm getting after it. And, um, I, I agree, you know, I love, I love opening. I love being with that early crew because, you know, how much discipline do they have to, you know, show up every day for that 5am class? It's, it's inspiring for me to, you know, to make sure I'm up, you know, ready to go with them.
0: So you did a good job of segueing kind of what we want to talk about next, but I unsegwayed it. So I talked about something else. What I wanted to talk about is, you know, what does the gym look like now post quarantine, post shutdown? What, uh, what are your numbers look like? You have a excited, you know, you talked a little bit about the transient clientele that you guys host there being in a college town, just kind of briefly touch on what the gym life looks like now in
1: 2021. Um, right now it's, it's looking like it did in, in 2019, uh, um, before, you know, all of that hit and, you know, unfortunately, you know, wreaked havoc on a lot of businesses at first it did to us as well. You know, we lost about half of our membership within a week of of, um, the whole quarantine starting. And so since when, you know, since we were allowed to open back up, you know, it's been, oh gosh, it's been about a year now. We've been slowly rebuilding our numbers. Um, So we're back to what we were before, which is, you know, a real positive in my mind. And obviously it's helpful that, you know. Darn near everybody I know is you know got the vaccine and everything and feels comfortable engaging you know in different environments now and so there's there's a lot less uh, fear with people wanting to you know try CrossFit which is which is good you know I want people to get out and and do stuff and be living and whatnot but um, you know there certainly was a struggle there you know last summer and uh, heading into the fall obviously. Um, a lot of students at, at the university, you know, they were, you know, they're in these programs that that aren't allowing them to go and participate in something like a gym membership. You know, they have to they, they're basically signed and say, hey, you know, you you can't go anywhere and do do these certain certain things. Otherwise, you're putting everybody else in the program at risk. So, you know, I had to deal with a lot of that and, and uh, which that's unfortunate. Obviously, you know, you want people to you know be involved in as much as they they want to be involved in. But, you know, obviously this year was definitely presented a lot of challenges with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it has been such a, you know, for a lot of reasons, unfortunate, you know, 12 to 15 months or more, even for people, but, um, you know, you you always, your job as a gym owner is to, you know, find the silver lining, find the positive outlook. And I think a lot of people will hopefully who maybe wouldn't prior to this, you know, start to put a little more investment into their health and wellness and, and you know guys like you are here for that guys like us are here for that but um we're gonna try to wrap things up here in just a bit before we do we always close out the uh the interview with some closeout questions so we have those for you and before we kick those off austin do you have uh do you have anything that you want to plug crossfit kilo 2 anything personally what else what other kind of services do you guys offer there
1: uh, I mean, yeah, we, you know, we offer more than just CrossFit. That's obviously our main operation with the, with the group class, but we do offer personal training if that's something you're interested in. Um, you know, we have several experts that can help you with improving your nutritional habits. And so, um, you know, I encourage anyone who's willing to take a shot at, uh, you know, improving their lifestyle to, to walk in our doors and, and just, and just talk with me or another staff member and uh, we'll point you in the right direction. Uh, so, You know, 860 South Capitol Street, near downtown Iowa City, Iowa. That's where you can find us.
2: Do you have a podcast as well?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, It's the uh, Kilo Train podcast. Um, We have, I think, 16 or 17 episodes on there. And uh, that it definitely slowed down once the two other hosts uh, moved away. So, you know, when Luke went off to medical school, that made things hard because I I've done a couple episodes without them and and um, it, it just. It's just, you know, harder to do, you know, because I, I like to include them, but, you know, I'm going to try to keep that podcast going. So, yeah, check that out. You know, you can find it on Spotify or something. It's just kilo train podcast and find some good stuff in there.
2: And then we'll, when's we'll us uh, semifinals. What's the date on that?
1: Yeah, so my semifinal out in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee is May 28th through the 30th of May. So three weeks I'll be going to compete. Awesome. Three weeks,
2: keep sleeping. All right, Cody, yeah. uh, question one. Go for it, man. All right, so I got. it's kind of a two-parter here. So what's your favorite music just to listen to? Like, what do you vibe with? And then the second part is what's your favorite music too, to listen to when you're working out, but when you're by yourself, like you have full control? <laughs>
1: okay. Um, my favorite music to listen to, I'm a big fan. I mean, it's hard for me. I, I, you guys know this. You, you have members of your gym who all like different genres. So I've gotten to learn how to, I love country music. I love rap music. I like rock and roll. I can listen to it all. I like to listen to you 2 if I'm just kind of vibing by myself, you know, I can listen to YouTube two for anything, driving in a car, I can listen to them working out. I can listen to them at my house, if I'm, you know, just cleaning up. Um, so really big fan of YouTube. Big fan of the red hot chili peppers and a big fan of uh, Kid Cudi. He's my favorite rapper growing up. All right. Now, get- if we're just talking working out, that's a tricky one, because if I'm trying to pick up something heavy, I want something pretty aggressive. Yeah. Like uh something from hate breed or <laughs> something heavy like that, but if i'm looking for like if i go on a gotta go on a long ten ten k run or something like that, I'm looking for something a little bit softer, something that's not gonna really spike my heart rate um you know just just some simple country music, you know I hear you it was
0: tough for me sometimes as a gym owner to um to do the like heavy aggressive i don't i don't know i didn't i didn't like it, always my clientele seeing that side of me, you know? Right, just, I know, I mean, same and I, here. You, you're you're like, supposed to be true to yourself, you're supposed to be who you are, but like, I don't know, maybe I don't like who I am that much sometimes. Right, <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll only put it on when I absolutely have to. Like there was, uh, yeah. it was funny story real quick, you know, we are in, it was quarterfinals and we had to do the this four rep max front squat, right? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and I'm in the middle of my sets, I'm about to my last set and I'm pretty juiced up, I'm feeling good. And whatever music was on was just, you know, some, pop you know and then all of a sudden it switches over to uh, i will be heard by hate breed and then everybody just starts looking around like <laughs> oh austin's about to lift and then and then it got it got pretty aggressive so it's kind of a big change of pace for people and throws them <laughs> off but it does when it, it does. has to be done it has to be done it does so uh do you have a favorite benchmark crossfit
0: benchmark workout
1: yeah elizabeth Elizabeth, elizabeth it's uh uh 15.9 yeah. power cleans and ring dips yep yeah.
0: that's good yep. And I, i'm glad that you clarify clarified the power cleans and squat cleans that was a conversation that we always had it was yeah it's very if different
1: in that workout that's yeah, a game changer That's different that's a different, different workout. workout that was uh that was the first benchmark workout that i'd ever done and uh and it was one that was actually really good for me right from the get-go you know so that was always in my head as my favorite I, i'll repeat that one you know anytime somebody wants to
2: what's the weight on that for RX? I'm trying to remember uh
1: 135 okay so um, not too heavy just just what work. was the first benchmark you ever did Cody
2: um that's a good
0: question uh it... while you think about it I think I, I think the first one I ever did was Karen okay tough one to start on it was just repeated motion <laughs> right and it just you're buried in this hole now to this day it's one of my favorites I'm a tall guy yeah. so you gotta love Karen if you're a tall guy you just have to.
2: I think mine was Angie. And isn't that the 100 pull ups? Yeah. Or no, 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 sorry. Is it the five rounds for time of like 20 pull ups, 30 push ups, uh, 40 sit ups? Okay. Yeah. Barbara. I think it was Barbara. Barbara. Then. Yeah. There's built in rest in it. Yep. Yeah. There's built in rest, like a three minute. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite movie? Give me, or no, just give me a movie recommendation right now. Ooh.
1: Guy doesn't have time movies. to watch movies. I know, He's I know. A it's a so tough question. Athlete. Um, I'm in the middle of Band of Brothers right now. It's a miniseries. Oh, so so kind of yes. like a movie, but uh, so good. that's something I would recommend. Pretty pretty yeah. badass story about uh, Easy Company, World War II, kind of like a documentary. They just go back and recreate that of, of what Easy Company did in World War II. So that's, that's pretty good that I'm watching right now.
2: Have you seen the Pacific?
1: I haven't yet. No, I've been told that's really good. So I'm planning on watching that after yeah. I get done with this. Check oh, it man. out.
0: Check, Check it, it out. I'm, I'm excited for you. The Band <laughs> Brothers is one of my favorites. And yeah, Pacific's good too. Um, all right. Build us the perfect sandwich. That's a change-up question.
1: What, what was the question? Build us the perfect sandwich. Perfect sandwich. Oh, wow. Okay. It'll involve... Okay. I, uh. Man. It's the toughest
2: question. All right. I'm, I'm,
1: going with, I'm going with like a pulled... A pulled roast beef. Okay. So just something that's shredded roast beef. Throw some pepper jack cheese on there. Throw some throw some sauce on there of your choice. But as long as it's like a pound of roast beef that's <laughs> just shredded up, throw it on a big hoagie bun. That's my favorite sandwich. Just a hearty man sandwich. Just a big beefy sandwich, yeah.
2: My mouth's watering right now. <laughs> um all right, so if you could earn enough wealth to retire tomorrow, what would you do for the rest of your life? What I'm doing right now. That's what I thought. That's what yeah, I thought.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the cool thing about my job is, you know, if worst comes to worst, I, I could, I didn't even have to pitch a tent. You know, I could, I could go to sleep here in my gym, wake up and, and do what I love. So, um, you know, money is as you guys know, you know, gym owners depends on the gym owner. Most don't make a ton of money, but you know, if I was given a lot of wealth, the only thing I would add on top of what I do is I would find a really nice country club, something to do, you know, when I'm, when I, when I have a little four hour free time, maybe find a really nice golf club to go tee it up on.
0: There you go. So, uh, I'm going to move the order because again, you gave us a great segue and I already messed it up twice. What's the favorite golf course you've ever played on? Oh, Wow. Again, this was a later question, but I had to throw it in there because you segued it so nicely.
1: Um, I've, I've been lucky to play a lot of really, really cool courses. You know, uh, um, favorite golf course. Wow, that's tough. I'm going to have to just go with Crow Valley. It, it's, uh, Crow Valley is a course in Davenport, Iowa. I grew up on that course. Uh, my dad was a director of golf at Crow Valley okay. Golf Club for 15 years. And it's, it's recognized as definitely a top 10 course in Iowa. Um, I know I've played on some courses that, you know, might be a little bit more prestigious than that, mm-hmm. but. Um, some nostalgia you know, to this one. What's that?
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's some nostalgia to this one for yeah, you.
1: Yeah, it, it just, it just has, you know, that intrinsic value of, you know, kind of like my first course, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a really, you know, it's a really beautiful golf course and it's, it's, uh it's, it, they can make it very challenging um, and they, you know, you can also set it up where anybody can go out and play it and, and have success. So um, really good golf course down in Davenport.
2: All right. So this is actually going to be the last one. You ready? Yep. What advice would you give someone who is nervous for any reason to start a structured fitness routine, whether that's CrossFit specifically or any other variation?
1: You need to, uh, you know, your time is very limited. So you need to need to tell yourself that you're not going to have, you're not always going to have tomorrow to start something. And, you know, the sooner that you, fig- that you figure that out for yourself, the sooner you'll have the courage to walk into a gym or to, or to contact a, a fitness professional like you guys and, and get something going because, you know, your time is running out. And um, I know most people look back on their lives and wish they had done something a little bit different. And for a lot of people, it's people wish they would have started taking care of themselves sooner and i think the other you know gold nugget with that is when you know that there's somebody on the other side of those doors that wants to help you that that should be reassuring for you to start want to start even more that yeah you want to do this for yourself but somebody else wants this for you too
0: yeah great great advice yeah okay Cool down question time. Uh info at practicalcoach.com. If you guys have a question, you can send it our way. We can answer it. We always do this on the final segment here of Practical Wellness Radio. And uh and today we're talking about uh, Memorial Day Murph. Um the workout itself kind of got its start started through CrossFit. CrossFit puts out some uh they're called hero workouts or benchmark workouts. And um they're essentially um workouts that are named after individuals who have um kind of paid the ultimate sacrifice so when we're talking about um when we're talking about memorial day i mean that is a day that is a day of remembrance for men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice you know fighting for the united states of america and um and so that's why murph this individual this workout has become very popular to do on this day and uh it's a tradition. Um, in a lot of gyms around the world, even, I mean, definitely in the United States, but even now it's kind of spread to globally. This Murph workout, um, is, is pretty, pretty special. And, uh, we can talk a little bit about what the workout itself is. And then, um, uh, I mean, maybe Cody, you can tell us a little bit more about the individuals. So the, the workout itself is, um, it's a mile run. It's 100 pull-ups, 200 push ups, 300 air squats, and another mile run, um, depending on how your gym does it or how you read it, you can partition the reps in between the runs any way necessary, um, and a lot of people do. And it's also, um, a re- and it's also um, encouraged if you have a twenty-pound weight vest to wear that. Also, um, did you get three hundred squats in there? Yeah. Did I say that? I don't know if I did. But anyway, one more, one more time. It's a mile run, one hundred uh, pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, three hundred squats. And another mile run. And uh, originally the workout was done by Murph, Lieutenant Murphy. I think he called it body armor. Maybe even like, yep, that's done, did it like up to weekly. Go
2: ahead, Cody, tell us a little bit more. About oh yeah. Lieutenant so it, um, Murph was one of, I think one of the first hero workouts I, I'd have to fact check that I haven't done that, but this was originally in 2005. That's when he was killed in Afghanistan. So June 28th, 2005, he was a Navy lieutenant. 29 years old, from New York. Um, And this was kind of one of his favorite workouts. Yeah, he did call it body armor. And hence, you know, in honor of him, it's been changed to Murph. Um, Obviously, that is his name. And that's common for hero workouts is just they're named after that person. And then they're usually, you know, constructed or derived from maybe their favorite movements or um, significant dates uh, around them, things like that. So it can vary in that way. Um, But yeah, he, you know, it was interesting, I decided to get some of the information about him, things that I didn't know or just wanted to confirm. And um, he you know, got the Medal of Honor for his actions in the war, of Inga- in, war in Afghanistan. Um, what I didn't know, actually, was he was the first member of the United States Navy to receive this award since the Vietnam War. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I hadn't heard that, no. Yeah, so that was something that I didn't know. And then, you know, obviously, um, he has... What was the movie... What am I I'm misremembering? Blanking yeah,
0: here. Yes. Yeah, so uh so it was first originally um a book. New York Times bestseller. Yes. yes. Um and I believe the book in the movie had the name, the same title, um Lone Survivor. Yes, thank you. And uh I, I think you may have mentioned this already, but he's a Navy SEAL and um and so yeah, it, the movie stars Mark Wahlberg. It's a it's a great mm-hmm. movie, really. I yeah, mean it really is. I, it's it is and Um, And so that's just a little bit of context. Do you have anything you want to add context, Cody, or do we want to kind of dive into maybe what what advice would you have for somebody who has maybe never, never done this workout and is looking to
2: try it out this year? Well, yeah, I think to create the context, you know, especially for the day, you know, it's, it is a day of remembrance and, you know, this is one way we can honor those that sacrificed. And I, to me, that means, you know, let me suffer. When, you know, my life's super easy, you know, in the in the context, like I have a house, you know, there's not a lot of challenges. So, you know, I encourage people to push themselves within reason, right? You need to do it yeah. in a way that is safe for you, right, in terms of your current abilities. But let that be maybe a drive or a motivator for you to push yourself a little bit harder than maybe you typically would, you know, put that intensity in it and get uncomfortable, right? So that's always kind of the first thing. Um, that I encourage you to do, again, within context, you know, if you don't know how to scale appropriately for you as an individual while still pushing yourself, you know, obviously seek out a coach uh, to help you with that. There's again, like Ted said at the beginning, there's a ton of gyms. Um, Almost every gym or every coach is going to run this workout probably on Memorial Day weekend. So it's not too hard to find some variation. Absolutely. Right.
0: Absolutely. And uh, it is, you know, you kind of touched on something that I really, really wanted to hit. And that's how do you scale this workout? How do you attack this workout? There's lots of different levels of fitness that, and and everybody wants to be part of the group and be part of the community on this day specifically, because it is such a, it's such a, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a workout that we all want to maybe take in part, or even if we don't really want to take in part, we just feel like it's a, it's the right thing to do. And, and especially on Memorial day. Right. But, um, at, uh, at the gym that I used to run, we ran into this challenge quite a bit where people would want to, Maybe let's say throw a vest on when they could only do a few pull-ups, even yeah. you know it's, without the vest, right?
2: That's not... and
0: or we'd have people who wouldn't want to scale back the pull-ups if <laughs> you know, or the push-ups, or the squats, or the run, whatever it might be, and. <clears throat> You know, 100
2: hundred pull-ups is no joke
0: no it's no joke and and this is a workout that will leave a mark like if mm-hmm. you if you do this right this workout leaves a mark and you're sore and and i really love the workout it's actually one of my favorite workouts but it's a good it's a great workout to do maybe once a year and that's just my opinion <laughs> you know like yeah. i don't know if i have any need or desire to do it more than that but when it comes if you do to do it right
2: once once a year is not. yeah
0: exactly when it comes to scaling we would often just kind of have a conversation with with somebody who I thought maybe needed to scale. And -hmm. I just say, Hey, you know, obviously it's my job to kind of keep you safe as the coach and the owner of the gym. We didn't, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I would also always, you know, say, Hey, like, you know, do we want to have, A shitty two weeks
2: of training following this workout right that was one thing that i would have a conversation too is like i don't want you to be sore for a week or you know what i mean like and And you know with like rhabdo too is like that usually sprouts with high volume pull-ups for those that aren't ready as well as sit-ups which aren't in this particular workout but that can be another area of like hey let's settle down here you know let's look at what you're able to do first exactly right and and with that i
0: i would never ever really hold anybody back though unless i really thought it was a you know if if maybe their safety was on the line right but i because i'm kind of with you and you said it before too like we do want you to push a little bit harder and we do want you to maybe i don't know if there's a better term for it other than suffer right like this is a workout we want you to kind of just attack a little differently than you would a normal monday through friday workout at the gym right and And so with that, like just know that it's gonna feel different and there's not much hiding you can do. And and we had members and and a lot of people that would take close to two hours to finish this and and nobody's ever gotten hurt during it, right? At least in my in my experience in my, you know, overseeing. But that is something that if that's you and you're not really sure what to do. Again, I don't know if I can answer that question for you. Am I supposed to do this close to our ex or with weight or, you know, whatever that might be, Mm -hmm. but just, just know that,
2: you know, it is going to leave a mark. Yeah. I would always, so, you know, when I owned a gym and um, was coaching this event specifically, you know, I would always encourage like, Hey, let's be around an hour, you know? Um, And let's use that kind of as our baseline for modification. So like if, you know, obviously, maybe a pull-ups are an issue. We can ring row. Um, you know, we can we can do a barbell row, right? Any row variation is great. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people scaled up, you know, banded pull-ups, maybe even jumping pull-ups. But again, that we're, now we're getting into the um, are we ready for that yet maybe conversation as well. Um, so it's always going to be pretty contextual in that sense. Uh, one thing that you can do to scale outside of just modifying movements and things like that would be obviously volume. So reducing the amount of reps that you're doing or even distance that you're running. People kind of forget about that one sometimes, yeah. um, or even change the modality. So, you know, if you want to participate, like, Hey, again, it's just about like, Hey, let's get in there and let's work. And running doesn't maybe jive with your knees or your hips or whatever. Uh, rowing's a great option. I usually steer people away from biking cause that's pretty rough on the legs, but it could be an option, um, yeah. as well. And then obviously we can participate in it as well. And T- Ted, how many times have you done this workout? Do you know? Uh, no, I would say seven, maybe
0: eight. This might be my eighth time. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, quite a few times.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think you've you've beaten me. There's a few years that I was maybe out of town and I didn't travel do it. For whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is a popular but, um, travel weekend for sure, yeah. Yeah, that does make it tough sometimes. But, um, but again, and scaling it, too, like with, I was out of town. We didn't have a pull-up bar. I'd, I'd, pull, <laughs> I'd traveled with kettlebells so I could do yeah, it on the yeah, road. But. Yeah,
0: and that was your pulling motion, right? You did bent right. over rows. Yep. And, and I will say too, um, before we change the subject too much but like I just want to make sure that when it comes to I think you brought up some good points for even maybe coaches that are listening to these like just some other alternative options if you're coaching in you know a Murph class or whatever just some things to kind of keep in mind and within those seven to eight different times that I've done Murph I don't know if I've really ever done the same variation twice Mm -hmm. right like I've broken the reps up differently I wore a vest I didn't wear a vest I did it partitioned I didn't do it unpartitioned. If I look yeah. back, I think last year I, I just did a random order. I didn't have a vest. I did do strict pull-ups, but I, I think I got in the door from that first round. I did a bunch of squats to knock those out of the way. And then I kind of just filtered through the squats and pull-ups knowing that I couldn't do a lot of pull-ups. unbroken broken near the end of that workout, especially when we're talking strict previous mm-hmm. year. I did, um, unpartitioned with a vest, I believe. And obviously that was,
2: you know, that one's gonna take the longest. That's gonna be, yeah, probably one of the harder variations, but, especially yeah. if you do it. Did you do it straight? You did it on partition, so you did it straight through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the probably year, the hardest iteration of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Cause, you know, they're just muscle fatigue, unlike anything else, yeah. right? When, and especially push ups. If anybody's done true push-ups chest just the floor, the, arms locked out at the top, push ups. <clears throat> the
2: worst one. Yeah.
0: Um and yeah, so there's an there's actually almost infinite amount of variations of the yeah. Well, we're going to do.
2: do. You and I are both going to do the 50 rounds strict pull-ups this yeah. year, right? Yeah. So, so exactly. Cody, Cody's saying here, we, uh, we're
0: going to do the mile run at the beginning, obviously. And then we're going to do 50, five, zero rounds of two, four, six, right? Yeah. So two pull-ups, uh, four up, six squats. Mm-hmm. And that's, a uh, that's actually a variation that I've, um, programmed for a lot of, uh, and and just to be honest, we've have a, we have a lot of uh, of females maybe in our gym who can't do a lot of pull ups in a row, and so that's just kind of what we program for them um, to kind of f- you know fight off that early pull up fatigue. The push ups yeah. still hit everybody the same. I mean they're yeah. going to be tough, but um, keeping track of your rounds is almost the hardest part with that. I think yeah, my, that's my plan, my plan is my plan is yeah, my plan is to set up my phone and uh, if you have an iPhone, you just push the lap button. Right. And so every lap, boom, you push lap, 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 you mm-hmm. just have to make sure your screen is set to stay on. Right. But mm-hmm. at two, four, six, you should be moving through your rounds fairly fast enough that your phone shouldn't shut off. And then I think it'll actually end up saying 51 laps. Cause I think it starts with a lap already in starts there. With you start with one. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look. So I, I think guess. it anyway, you'll, you'll be able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But, um, and again, kind of building piggybacking off that previous point where I said I did you know almost a different variation every time. and if you're not sure how to scale it, you're not sure how to attack it. Just kind of always lean onto this is, is lean on to you know why am I doing this workout? Am I doing this workout to be competitive and get the fastest time possible? and that might be you and that's not necessarily a bad thing. or am I doing it because it's on Memorial Day and it's to honor the workout and the individual and all those who have maybe lost their lives if that's you, you know, that should be the main goal, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not how fast you can go. It's, it's how true to each repetition you can be and how, you know, you can put yourself in a mental space. If even, you know, on a fraction of a detail and a fraction of a level as somebody who had to give their life for, you know, fighting for our country.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like just keeping that in the back of your head, but it should be fun as well. You know, one of my favorite memories from Murph, you know, this is from a few years ago. Um, one of my, me and one of my members at the time, Heskeith, we had a little friendly competition of you know who could get it done fastest, and we did it straight through. I've never done a vest; I'd never felt that was appropriate for me, um, so I've never done it with a vest, but I've done it unpartitioned straight through. And so we had a little friendly like competition. We you know would kind of uh, ruffle each other each other's feathers for you know the month leading up, and <clears throat> we would do some extra stuff on the side to kind of prep for it. And you know we could see we get done it; fa- who could do it faster. And, uh, you know, ultimately we were, he, he went on his last mile run right before I did, you know, and maybe even a couple minutes really. And I was, I ended up being able to catch him on the run and, you know, we, we ran in together. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I holding hands. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that was like one yeah. of my favorite memories, even from the gym, just because like they had all this build up to it, you know, too. And then, you mm-hmm. know, ultimately like we were both to kind of just finish together and it was a, it was a really cool moment, at least for me. Yeah. Two good um, athletes pushing each
0: other and absolutely. Yeah, it is cool. It is just cool. kind of builds it's, that
2: camaraderie too. It is
0: such a camaraderie building day. And it's such like a, just a great community day for gyms that are running this workout together. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you in know, fact and speaking of that too, like, a, a, yeah, go ahead. Hit it. Yeah, plug it. Yeah, I know you're um, going plug it. Yeah. You're going to step on my plug. I was just going to say don't. that we at practical wellness are running a virtual, um, a virtual Murph. Go ahead, Cody.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we're going to run that virtual MERV so you could do it at your home or at a gym, I suppose, as well out of your garage and you can modify it however you need. So just email us at info at If you're not a part of our newsletter, if you want to be, you can also email us and I'll get you on that. The link is on our newsletter. So if you got that, just scroll through it, hit that link and it goes right to the Zoom session. We're going to do this on. So we're not going to do it on Memorial Day, but the day before it'll be the 30th at 10 a.m. Central. So you guys Absolutely, the more the merrier can be a part of that. Um, if you do plan on doing that and you're not sure how to modify, uh, reach out and we'll help get you set up. Otherwise, if everyone needs help modifying on a Zoom call um, at the same time, that's not gonna work very well. So do keep yeah. that in mind. Um, but one thing I do wanna say, if you are a gym listening to this out there, one thing that I've always, or we've always done when we you know owned the gym was to uh, choose a, a cause relevant to the day. Uh, So we would always collect donations for the VA hospital, the local VA hospital, and then we would donate that money um, every year. And I think that's an an opportunity that maybe some people don't think about as well. Yeah, that's a great, great idea. Great idea. And I'm just going to repeat that one more
0: time. You said said Saturday, May 30th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, and again, that's for a lot of our clientele here at Practical Wellness. We'll be uh, participating in that. But but even if, if you're somebody who happens to listen to this and you're not with us, you can just jump in. It's f- right, free of charge. We'll help you out. We'll get you. If you're, if you're looking for that sense of community, maybe you're even, like Cody said, a gym member. But maybe you can't make your gyms time that they're offering Murph and you still want to be part of something. Feel free to shoot us an, uh, an email again, like I said, info at practicalwellnesscoach.com. We'll get you uh, set up with that link, that Zoom link. And then, um, yeah, it's just a great day. It's just a great day. It's a great workout. We, um, we were fortunate enough, there's a group of guys at the at the gym at Fort Collins CrossFit that um, brewed an actual specific couple batches of beer for, uh, oh, cool. for our Memorial Day. And so that was just really, really cool. I mean, it's something that guys and gals really gear up for and and are proud to be a part of.
2: Yeah, we would have, you know, some food and kind of drinks and whatnot after as well. Just kind of hang out for an hour or two post-workout. You know, we're still all sweaty and stuff in a hot gym, but Mm -hmm. no one seems to mind too much. One thing that I've been having my clients, personal training clients do this year, um, is kind of prepping them a little bit more for the workout. So there is, you know, this will be released, you know, a couple weeks before. Um, yeah, about two weeks to the day almost. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to, you know, play around with it a little bit, see how it's going to feel. Just so, again, it's going to drive a little bit more of an appropriate stimulus for you on that day. Right. You can see what's too easy and what's too hard. You know, just and Ted, you and I have done some a couple of different variations and testers ourselves over the last month or so uh, just to see what it's going to feel like. And even just prep your body, you know, as well.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, for me, I just know always the push-ups are my biggest limitation, right? I just find myself staring at the ground. It'll be interesting this time with the 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 faster transitions. If that still is the case, I'm gonna guess yes, probably. <laughs> but um, but it is fun. Like um, for example, just to give listeners maybe an example too, you and I, what did we do recently was it 15 minutes? We just did our two, four, six for 15 minutes and just try to see how many rounds we could get. Um you with run club we have been doing lots of extra running so hopefully that's that's you know as squared away as it can be mm-hmm. i will say um this is my goal and this is almost embarrassing i don't think i've ever done a murph as many as i've done where i didn't at least walk a little bit during that second run right and so i've always like trotted out on that second run and you're you're already breathing hard you've done 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups 300 air squats and you're like i got one more mile here we go and and then I always like find myself trotting, and I'm like, man, I think I could walk this fast because I'm running that slow. <laughs> so I just, so that's my goal this year is to actually be able to run the entire second mile, no matter how slow it is.
2: Um, any other goals for Murph this year for you personally, Cody? Um, that's a good because- question. Beat Ted is always my number one goal. Rarely does it happen, you know. And I I write in my journal on the dates that it does, and <laughs> I don't even have a half a page over the last eight years um, of notes of that. Um, so that's always my goal. <laughs> but um, I, you know I don't it's know a, like kind this of is just, a
0: great workout for Cody by the way. He's being a little modest. He's great at well, body I did. He's, I have
2: great at running. Let me look at my journal here. I beat you in Murph. Uh, I think three years ago. That's so, so <laughs> <laughs> but because i think we had done the same variation that year but um i did beat you just so you what know. variation was that do you remember that was unpartitioned, uh straight through no vest no vest yep i remember that yeah and i beat you yeah, by a few minutes dang push-ups yeah, I, like remember, some 50, like yeah minutes I remember 50 yeah i remember
0: coming in and i uh the pull-ups felt so good after that like run i did like a set of like 30 and then another set of like 20 and then mm-hmm. another set of like 15 and then another set of 15 and and then I got out and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" Like I literally did my pull-ups in four minutes, whatever, whatever it was. And then uh, I did ten push-ups, and then I did another set of ten push-ups, and then I did a set of three push-ups. <laughs> yeah. And I went like twos and threes. The rest. That's of what the I. Two hundred.
2: I'll do yeah. that too. Like I found that actually be the most efficient. Do twos and threes off the bat. Yeah. I always get done with the hundred pull-ups, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm crushing it! Like I'm yeah. so fast." It, it sucks <laughs> you in for sure. And then yeah, like but, you know. Your hundred, your hundred air squats, and you're like, crap, what happened? It is, yeah, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's a great workout. Um, if if you
0: guys have any other questions, how to attack it, how to set up for it, if you're interested, like we said, in being part of the uh, the virtual Murph that we're offering via Zoom, again, one more time, that that email is info at practicalwellnesscoach.com We'll send you the link. We'll get you set up, and then let us know if you have um any you know limitations, restrictions that you want us to help you coach coach around, just so you're ready to go. And again, we're going to be hitting that um, May 30th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Anything to add, Cody? Nope, that's it. All right, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Practical Wellness Radio.